Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, April 28th, 2020. We are moving right along. Uh, thank you to Landon Goodwill for being on the show yesterday. Some great stories. We look forward to our interview today with Dr. Chris Alba, an optometrist by day, but a public address announcer by night. He has a lot of experience in the baseball world with the Cal State Fullerton baseball team and the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes currently. He also used to work for the Raiders and did a little bit of work with the Dodgers and Clippers and Angels and and uh, the list goes on, but we'll let him fill you in on that. Really looking forward to our conversation. He's a true professional at what he does and, uh, you know, as an optometrist, uh, umpires definitely can can use can use those uh, friendships. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the... Last Dance, the ASPN documentary uh, that's out on the Chicago Bulls and the, specifically, you know, the 1998 season, their final of six championships in eight years. Uh, it, it's just, it's really well done. And it really gives you some insight on Michael Jordan. Uh, to me, he was always the greatest of all time. I know there's a lot of Kobe lovers, a lot of LeBron lovers, a lot of, uh, you know, various players, but I don't think there's ever been anyone like Michael Jordan. Just one man's opinion. Nothing, I mean, it's just from watching him and seeing the fierce competitor he was to see the trials and tribulations early on when he got in the NBA and losing in the playoffs. Uh, but he, he seemed like a pretty good team guy. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, but, you know, he seemed like he passed the ball. And he understood that uh, there were times when he needed to drop 60, but there's also times he needs to hit the guy in the corner for the, the, the three-point shot. And, and you know, it, it, took a, it took a team to be victorious over those years. So I really enjoyed the whole documentary. I, I'm really curious why it's taken 22 years. Basically, they say that they had film crews follow them that entire season. And then here we are in 2020, and, you know, 22 years later... I can understand, I don't know, five years, but why it's taken 22 years is probably an answer, and I just haven't found it. So I found that kind of interesting. Well, Michael Jordan is just, oh, man, can't say enough about him. Uh, unbelievable talent and, and just a true competitor. Uh, Phil Jackson, how he was able to keep all that together, too, as the, as the head coach is, is a whole nother story, so... Uh, two of the greatest to ever do it at their professions, and it's uh, it's definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to the future episodes in the upcoming weekend. As always, guys, you can follow the Get Home Safe podcast at our email address. You can e- contact us at Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com, our Facebook and Instagram page, Get Home Safe Podcast, and our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. You can reach us there. Uh, we post all of our episodes there. We will try to promote our upcoming guests with a photo the night before just so you put a face with a voice. So that's kind of where a lot of our content goes. I'm really happy that our total plays is really climbing. I mean, it's funny to see which guests get more plays than the others. But but overall, it's... Uh, you know we're over 900 and we're climbing towards that thousand, so that that'll be a special day when we break that. Hopefully later this week. I never thought it would uh, come to this. I when I started, I was just like, yeah, well, I'll get a few listeners here and there. But 
the support's been great, and we're growing every day. So we're here for you every day, Monday to Friday. Take a few days off on the weekend and then get back to it, but just trying to have a normal, uh, we'll call it work week, <laughs> just for some structure as far as this uh, quarantine lockdown is going. So thanks to all who listen, and we look forward to providing you uh, some content that uh, that is definitely uh, you know, from from your guys' opinions on what you guys want to hear. Um, maybe there are some you don't like. There's some you like more than others. We're trying to find out that, that good balance. So I think it, it goes really well just putting out a bunch of guests for out, throughout the week. So thanks again. Let's get to Chris Albot this time. He's got a lot to talk about, a lot of fun experiences, and uh, it was a real treat to sit down with him. So Let's uh, get right to it with Dr. Chris Albaugh. Okay, today we are joined by Chris Albaugh. He is a public address announcer for many sports, specifically baseball. He has a ton of experience. He's also an optometrist by trade, so he's helped out a few umpires with some eye issues, I'm sure. But uh, Chris, I would love to welcome (laughs) you to the program. Thanks, Matt. Congratulations on your podcast, and I'm happy to be joining in. All right. Excellent. Well, Chris, these days you are the PA guy for the Ranch of Cucamonga Quakes, and you also work for Cal State Fullerton Baseball. But where did you get your start working PA? Well, you know, like a lot of people who are fans, when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be a baseball play-by-play guy. And in high school, I did some play-by-play work. But then as you thought about the reality and the security of that kind of job, you kind of just put it away. And um, when I was practicing for an ophthalmologist in uh, Temecula, Rancho, or, um, Temecula, Lake Elsinore area a long time ago, about 20 years ago, the Palm Springs Angels moved to Lake Elsinore and they had a new stadium and they had an open audition. And uh, I didn't get the job initially, but the first person they hired didn't work out. And uh, they asked me to fill in and, and that's where I got my start back in 1994. And that was a lot of fun. I got to see Darren Erstad and uh, uh, Todd Green, some other up and coming angels at the time. And uh, that only lasted a few years, but from there I uh, started throwing applications around to other teams. And I just got lucky at Cal State Fullerton, uh, they were looking to add an announcer. They really didn't have one. They had just won the national championship the year before. And somebody you and I know and respect really well, Mel Franks, uh, was the sports information director and asked me to fill in once. And then, uh, fortunately, uh, Augie Garrido, the championship head coach, uh, head coach at Cal State Fullerton, liked what he heard and called Mel on the phone and said to hire me. And it was kind of off and running from there because – this would have been, well, we did do a few games anyway, my uh, 25th year at uh, Cal State Fullerton. So wow. kind of get get a little gray working the tight games. But uh, <laughs> then after that, uh, you know, you and I met at Cal State Fullerton. And then from there, I, I had some fortunate luck. I did a lot of teams, as you mentioned. I've done some work for the Clippers, and I was the Raiders PA announcer. I've done work for the Dodgers and Angels. So uh, I've been very fortunate. And uh, to this day, I'm still doing the – Quakes and the uh, Titans. And like you, I'm still getting used to the idea of not being extraordinarily busy at this time of year. (laughs) Yeah, Chris, we went way back in 2007. I was a senior at Cal State Fullerton or going to be, and I needed an internship. And I thought, well, I kind of like sports. Let me look for something 
uh, close by and, and I became an intern for the Orange County Flyers. You were the PA guy and you were doing that on top of your Cal State Fullerton. So we met and we hit it off. Uh, we found out we had a lot of similarities and interests and, and it's been a, a blossoming friendship ever since. You know, that's the great thing about doing that is you've experienced the, the event staff part of it and then being on field as an umpire. I mean, the memories you take that are the warmest of the people you get to meet, work with. It's great being part of the teams in a certain way, but also the people you meet that become lifelong friends. And uh, that's the greatest thing you get out of doing these things. I mean, I really was privileged to be the Raider announcer for eight years when they were running under John Gruden. I've been on Monday Night Football, on national television, was even interviewed on television. But looking back on it, you still don't make the friendships at that level that you do at either the college level, high school, minor league baseball, because the people do it, do it because they love it, just like you did. And uh, so that's why those people tend to be pretty close. And those are people you make friends with and keep as friends forever. Absolutely. And, and we're very fortunate now with you working for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes back, back in the California league. I had, you helped me uh, get, get settled over there and working part-time now for some of the games in the press box, like I used to do, but it's, it's a lot of fun to work together and we're not in the same room of the press box, but we're still there together. And it takes me back to all the games we've, uh, we've worked together in various press boxes. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. We've been able um, to meet Chris- some great people. Oh, ab- dude, absolutely. I mean, all kinds of people and, and the stories I'm sure are endless on your end. What can you, you said you were the Raiders announcer for eight years? Yeah, my first pro team, uh, one day when I had the flu and was feeling about as sick as I ever have, I got a call from the Clippers who uh, I'd sent an audition tape to and their main announcer and backup announcer were out. And they called me up and asked me if I would do the game that night. So that was my first professional <laughs> game. And I had about 102 fever and I didn't tell them. And in those days, uh, the teams, there was much more of a network. If somebody was known to have done work for a team, the other teams would give that a lot of credibility. Nowadays, things have changed. The PA announcers are hired using these uh, employment websites. And that's a big gimmicky thing. And 5,000 people audition. And But back then, it was kind of a small circle of us. And so then after that, I got a chance to do some Angel games, which was a great thrill, some Dodger games, and even got to have a hot dog with Vince Scully in the press box once. And then did that long enough, I got to be a backup for Dennis Packer, who was uh, the Raider announcer for many, many years. He was also the Clippers. And he asked me to do a game for him, preseason game for the Raiders. And then he retired from the Raiders the next year. And that's how I w- was able to get the job. I did a preseason game. They liked me and brought me back. And it just happened to be a great time. John Gruden was hired. The Raiders were winning. I was able to do two AFC championship games, a Super Bowl. Wow. I was also uh, Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. And even one year, I was the only non-football guest on their football show, non-football player guest. Uh, mm-hmm. called the silver and black show and uh and they're actually behind the shield i believe is what they call it now and and so it, it was a great experience you know you're you're behind the scenes watching all the television personalities uh you know got to meet uh, al michaels and some of those type of people and it was a good thrill but it it's there's kind of an intensity there because you're really not in a casual atmosphere the people you know you're always looking over your shoulder about whether or not you'll get replaced and that was really true of the Dodgers and the Angels, too. I mean, it was a great experience, but it's you're never really quite relaxed and comfortable like you can be. Um, the most fun <laughs> I've ever had is when I did the Los Angeles Extreme, the first go-around of the XFL, and 
Cal State Fullerton mm. and all these teams where the people are doing it a little less intensity, not the media there, but also that's where the relationships are really built there because uh, the big teams, you know, it's a thrill to be a part of it, but it's uh, there's more of a wall between you and everybody else there. So that's why those of us who love to do it still do it even at the at the lower levels. Wow, that's just <laughs> doing it uh, so such a wide range of uh, of places. And, and it seems like, you know, that there's a lot of truth to that, Chris, that yeah, it may be at the highest level, but it's a business and it's like, everything is very structured and yeah, it, we do this to have fun. Right. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. Like crash Davis said in the uh, in bull Durham, but I know you have a lot of fun at Rancho now and, and Fullerton and, and you just kind of get to be yourself and the crowd definitely feeds off of it. I always have a lot of fun with the teams that I've done. And when I started off, that was always kind of my energetic style. Except when you're doing something like the Raiders, you start off slow, but they let me build into that. And the Clippers, right off the bat, I was doing a little more energy than they'd been doing. But I'd done some crazy things like a women's basketball league, a competitor to the WNBA. I did pro beach hockey. I did uh, uh, an arena football team in Anaheim once. And over time, those teams want you to get the crowd going. They want you to be part of the entertainment, not just somebody announcing a name. And that's what I love because – that's what I love to do. I made, made it fun for me. And then I brought that to Cal State Fullerton. And some of those teams, it was kind of new for them. But once people settle in and get used to it, they really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I, I've been privileged to be at Cal State Fullerton a long, long time. I've been there for a couple generations of students. And people, as you know, uh, you know, you, be, you get to be part of the show there. And that's what mm-hmm. makes it fun, not just – you know, blandly reading the name, the way you do it becomes a part of the game. And that's what makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, when, when you were not at games, whether you're sick or had another, uh, another uh, thing going on, you definitely know it's right off the bat. Someone will say, okay, now batting and all the fans turn around. They're like, wait a minute, that's not the voice we're used to hearing. And it's like that. I've, I've experienced that with the Quakes games with you and Fullerton games. So you definitely are a part of the action and, and definitely something that is appreciated by fans. Even if it's like an unnoticed thing, they don't like stand up and applaud you every game, but it's a type of position when you're, when you're missed is when you are missed. You know what I mean? And it's a, and I really appreciate it. When I go back to a Fullerton game after missing a couple games, if I'm, there's a conflict with the quakes. People will come up to you all the time, missed you, glad to have you back. And it's, you know, it's a great mm-hmm. feeling. And those are the kind of things you're not going to necessarily hear at those top level teams. But even uh, you get to meet people within uh, that work for the other teams as well. I know that uh, mm-hmm. I-, I was a couple years ago, a couple of national writers came by and had some nice things to say about me in print that they really love the way I announced. And uh, it's a unique experience. I know that when, when you were on the field, in the Cal league as an umpire and some of the things <laughs> I did, the umpires appreciated uh, meat at the dish. Sorry to go contrary to your safe at home, but when a guy was thrown <laughs> out at home, you know, he's meat at the dish and you have some fun. It, it, it's great to, to be different, to have people say, yeah, that that's Chris doing the PA rather than just some guy talking because that would get old after a while. So, and uh, that's just all part of the fun of the game. And, you know, when I first did it, that was kind of unique. There weren't a lot of people doing that. Now in all sports, it's kind of like that all the time. I mean, you hear PA announcers on NBA games, and they're just going over the top. So when I first yeah. started doing it, it was kind of new and unique. Now it's kind of everybody copies everybody anymore, and it's hard to be a little bit different. And I don't try to be over the top. I, I like to 
keep a certain level of decorum, but I also want it to be fun for everybody. Oh, well said. I mean, I think that that's the professionalism that, that you, you carry with you every single day. And that's why you've been successful at all the various levels. What can you tell me about uh, this, this hot dog with Vin Scully story that this sounds interesting. Well, one of the biggest thrills I ever had, I was never a Dodger fan, but everybody knows the tradition of the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. And I actually was fortunate to have an opportunity to do some games for the Dodgers. And so back then, before they read to the stadium, the press box was right, uh, the press area where the writers were and the PA announcer was all in this little two-row area. And right behind that was a little mini cafeteria. And Vin Scully and Ross Porter were all there eating, and there weren't that many tables. So I came in and had a hot dog or went to look around for a seat. Vin Scully says, come sit down here, son. I heard you filling in tonight. So I'm sitting there trying to eat a hot dog while I'm nervous as hell about doing the game and talking to Vin Scully. And of course, sitting there trying to remember the moment and uh, the other, and it's just another great memory. Uh, uh, Stu Nahan walked around the press box back then. And he was kind of the entertainer of the press box and told stories and greeted everybody. Those days are kind of gone, but uh, I'm glad I got to see part of that angel. Same thing. Uh, I got to do some angel games. John Monahan, the security guard for Gene Autry, uh, used to walk around and greet everybody. And one day he said, Mr. Autry, we'd like to meet you. And I filled in a, for a game and uh, got to meet Gene Autry. And that was a unique story, too. I was doing a game and the power went out. So there was no sound for three innings. So when they put the power back on, they had us do like the um, – ninth inning stretch and we did all kinds of crazy things to make up for it and Mr. Autry was kind enough to compliment me on staying cool and uh, you know those are kind of the things you remember it made it fun but it's always great to be able to say you met those people that uh, you know are legends of local sports. Yeah those are some big names and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening and just saying wow kind of like I feel when you've told me some of those stories and that's did, did you have a chance to meet John Gruden? I did. And uh, he was oh. a great guy. And that, that was a great glimpse as you could see why somebody's successful. I was fortunate enough with doing the Raiders that they allowed me to stay with the team in the hotel. And then also they had a post game uh, banquet. This is unique. No other team did this. I think they still do it. And it was right there in the hotel property where the team stayed after the game. And so I got to sit with all the Raider players in this private players only staff only event every home game. So eventually I got to meet everybody, but I did get to talk to John Gruden for a couple of minutes and he was so terrific. He looked right at me and said, you get the crowd so fired up. You're worth a field goal to me a half. You're fantastic. And, you know, the hair went up on the back of my neck and I was going to go out and ram my head into a brick wall for this guy. And you realize right then why there are some people that can get their players so motivated and so committed. And that was that was an experience for me to learn right there. I mean, John Gruden is just that kind of guy. He didn't have to make those compliments to me. I was just the PA announcer, but he made sure to say something that really made me feel great. And that's the kind of guy that you become loyal to and that was another great experience is to get to meet all those players and another funny story was one time I was running late for the bus to get to the game and so was Rich Gannon and we were both running out half dressed and I realized I forgot something in my room and I said hey tell them to hold the bus for a second he goes they wouldn't even hold it for me and he runs off so we both <laughs> ran on the bus half dressed to a game so these uh, these people are people too and I remember yeah. sitting there chatting with Al Michaels while he's eating a uh, finger sandwich uh, in, at halftime of a Raider game. And 
it's kind of funny to meet these people and see them as people. And then yeah. ce- celebrities like The Rock I met one time at an XFL game. He was a great guy, so down to earth, but so different off camera as far as his persona. And then one time I met Shaq O'Neal at a, uh, a Raiders game, and I think about 42 cows died to make this leather coat that he was wearing. Is uh, Some of these people are just, even in real life, they're so big. And wow. so I was you know, able to meet a lot of those people. But, and that's great for what it is. But those lasting friendships, you know, you and I have known each other 13, 14 years. And some of the other people I've known, Cal State Fullerton, going over 20 um, you know, looking back on it, those are the things that I appreciate most now. I think that's the one constant with everyone I've talked to so far in any line of work is just the relationships, the people you come across, the things you learn about people. They're just they're just people, just like all of us. And and everyone's going through a tough time right now. And it's it's kind of united all of us to to just kind of have conversations and talk to people we haven't talked to in a long time, which has been great. Um, I do want to ask you, Chris, you're a guy that's, you've lived a lot of different places, right? I mean, can you, can you expand on that? All the different places you lived growing up? Yeah, I uh, was born in Michigan and my dad was up and coming in the education field. So we ended up living in Philadelphia for a while and uh, Indiana and then uh, California back in the late seventies. And that was a great experience and back to Michigan and Texas. Then I went to school in Boston for a year Finished up at UC Irvine, and that's where I ended up going to optometry school. So the great thing about optometry is it's a great career. It's a stable career, financially rewarding. And so now I don't have to worry about the fact that you don't make a heck of a lot of money being a PA announcer. Even with the Raiders, uh, you weren't making a whole lot of money. You know, you're barely covering your airfare and, uh, you know, covering the guys who spotted for you. You don't get rich doing any of this stuff. But uh, the great thing about moving around the country like that is you get those experiences, uh, having been to Tiger Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, having seen football, basketball, and baseball games in big towns and little towns. And that really gives you a feel for sports, if you love them, in a way that you might connect with the fans, too. And uh, I think that's helped me to kind of have a unique approach to uh, to interacting with the fans. And that's another thing that goes along with working these games. You and I have both been involved with fundraising at Cal state Fullerton. And I've been there long enough where I'm actually the MC at one of their fundraising events at the, at the uh, Grove every year. And, you know, those kind of things grow. You start doing more things associated with our teams and you get to be kind of a, not only a, a fan and working game day, but it's also a, a supporter of the team. And you kind of become emotionally invested in even in, with the quakes, same thing. You know, those those things you look forward to every year, collecting the jerseys that they auction off and, you know, the end of the year employee parties and those things that uh, makes the years memorable. Uh, you know, it's things that we're all missing right now. We all miss the ritual of the games and the events. And that's the hardest thing about not having them right now. We all enjoy having a little break at times, but uh, you just you do miss the the opening day excitement. And then, OK, here's the first bobblehead and here's the first Star Wars night. Those are the things that you know, make the summer go by. And without those right now, I think everybody's kind of missing that, not just in baseball, but the, all the rituals they have at their home life too. Yes. It's difficult. I'm a, I'm a sports junkie, as you know, and and it's tough to not have a ball game on every night, even if it's on in the background or, you know, I know you used to have the the baseball package. You'd you'd watch the Yankees and then the Cubs and then the, the, the angels or the Dodgers. I mean, some of us, we thrive (laughs) for, even though baseball, and it's fun to, to just tune in and, and see what's going on and, and having that nightly basis is oh man it's 
therapeutic sometimes <laughs> and not having that is, is frustrating. So I really hope we get back to things soon. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching the replays of the great games of the seventies at first. I love that because that was when I was a kid, but uh, now they're down to replaying games from three years ago. And I sort of like president Trump said the other day, I'd just like to see a game that isn't 12 years old, but uh, you know, we're all dealing with it and uh, as best we can. But uh, you know, like you said, knowing it's not there is kind of the biggest annoyance. It's always nice to know it's there if you want it. And knowing yes. it's not there and everybody's learning just how little there is on television these days. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm blown through everything on Netflix and, and Amazon Prime and all that stuff. And, and I'm just like, man, I need some sporting events. Let me ask you this, Chris, you've seen a ton of baseball, a, a ton of it. And, and maybe this question will go to the other sports, but what are a couple of just huge moments you have witnessed and been, had the privilege to call you know, maybe they all blend together, but maybe there's a few big moments that stick out, uh, a, a no hitter or, you know, or just an amazing play, just any significant moments that really stick out in your, in your career. Well, the one that sticks out the most simply because it's at the highest level as I was doing the Raider game that night, Brett Favre was on Monday night football and his father had just passed away. And that oh. one famous Monday night football game where he had an amazing performance that night. It was a, you know, a game that people still talk about some 15, 20 years later. And uh, then it was very emotional for him. So to be there at that moment and part of that and tuned in with the crowd, everybody knew what was going on. You know, that was an amazing moment. But all the other real great moments for me are for those teams that you get emotionally invested in. And when they achieve those milestones, the first time Cal State Fullerton uh, went to a College World Series while I was there. Um, when they won the Super Regional to qualify. And um, same thing with uh, the Quakes. They won two championships. Uh, and so I was fortunate to be able to do one game when it was home. Uh, you know, the Flyers that you mentioned, which was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, they won one time. And, boy, that's a team that everybody forgets was really entertaining. They had – we got to see uh, – everybody forgets, but Jose Canseco, Ricky Henderson – Gary Templeton is one of our managers. Uh, so was Gary Carter was the manager of the Flyers. It was a heck of a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you and I met doing that. And I used to do the PA, the scoreboard, and the music, all of it. <laughs> and you were <laughs> the official remember. scorekeeper. And it was the greatest <laughs> experience of my life because I was 100% in control of the game entertainment. I had all kinds of sound clips. And, you know, it was a small team, and maybe the largest crowd we ever had was 2,000 people, sometimes as little as 100, but, boy, it's so much fun to be <laughs> really integrated into it. And that's why, like the guy I work with now, Cody Carp, who does the music with the Quakes, he is so passionate about it, and you were that way about umpiring. And mm -hmm. so some of the little moments are the ones you remember most, but certainly the Brett Favre moment was the biggest sports moment, but also the time the Raiders won the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl, and just before uh, CBS went on with this trophy presentation, Jim Nance took the stage, and I said, uh, the Raider Nation is going to the Super Bowl, and Jim Nance turned around to me live on television, looked right at me and said, um, that's right, the Raider Nation's going to the Super Bowl, so I, you know, that was kind of exciting, and then another great moment is the Monday Night Football, Jason Elam got the 20,000th point scored. And they had me announce that live on television. And that was nerve-wracking because try and say 20,000th point, 
you, you know you're going <laughs> to screw that up one out of three times. So live on television with my name on the screen and Al Michaels announcing me, they had me read a little announcement. Luckily, I got through it. But uh, that was exciting, too, because you get a few phone calls the next day where people say, wow, you know, people you haven't seen in 20 years saw your name on TV. So those, those are the moments that, that really stand out. Well, those, those are some great ones. Uh, historical moments. Just, I remember seeing that footage, Chris, and it was, it was quite, quite exciting. Like, oh, that's, that's Dr. Chris. Yep. <laughs> that you're that getting, was cool. When Al Michaels is announcing your name on television, that's something uh, you don't forget. Also, Ralph Lawler, by the way, who did, used to do the Clippers, he just retired for many, many years, was kind Bingo. enough to, uh, to announce me once at a game uh, in there on the radio. And uh, boy, I use that clip, believe me. That was my audition clip. It was Ralph Lawler introducing me. So those are the things oh, that man. give you the thrills that unfortunately as people change and you're no longer in the loop at that high level anymore, those are still memories you get to keep with you. Well, I remember the first time we met, Chris, I walked into that press box at Fullerton and you were right. You were doing everything. You had a computer screen. You had a mouse. You <laughs> You had, a, I think, another computer screen. Then you had the, the microphone in front of you. And to watch you click back and forth, turn the mic on and off and talk, I was like, I had never met you. I would only heard your voice many times. I was like, man, this, this guy's like a wizard up here. <laughs> He's doing it all. <laughs> it was a heck of a lot of fun. There was nothing glamorous about working in that press box with the windows open and it was hot in the summertime and maybe 100 <laughs> people there sometimes. But we all loved it. And, you know, and that's why we're still doing it. I mean, you're still doing it today. Uh, uh, still being involved with the the Quakes and trying to get involved with other teams. We all love it. And the people like the Carsons that we met through Rio Hondo, <laughs> that you meet those relationships. And everybody's still doing it. Nobody's getting rich. I was fortunate to have moments with high-level teams. But the passion is still there, and I, I still miss it. And I certainly hope that we'll get to do some games with minor league baseball this year. But, boy, it's not looking good. Everybody forgets that Major League mm -hmm. Baseball can make money off television broadcasts with no fans but minor league baseball does not have that option. And boy, we've got a real crisis going on. There's going to be a lot of teams that I don't know how they're going to make it. Uh, if they don't have any games this year, their 100% of their minor league revenue is attendance. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure what's going to happen if they say no big crowds through the end of the year, that's going to be a tough one. There's some real, real tough times coming up for some people in minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I hope that next year, Let's say there is no baseball play this year. It's, it's sad to even say those words, but let's say, let's say it doesn't happen. I really hope next year that maybe that produces a, a hunger for people to come out more. And I, I don't know. I don't know what people's financial situation will be, but I hope that it, it creates a, a buzz because we always want kind of what we can't have. And maybe, maybe attendance will, will do well next season. Probably not this season if, if they play, but I'm hoping next season that, it's a complete 180 and that there's a lot of support behind minor league baseball and all levels of baseball for that matter. Oh, sure. There's all kinds of things we're all missing right now. Going to the pub once a week to see our friends, to catch up on how things are going, you know, even mm -hmm. golfing. Um, so the only concern is, you know, they're going to open up slowly. They'll let small events of 50 or less people, but what's going to happen to these people in minor league baseball that barely scratch by and their very minimal pay and these teams are going to have to let them go if there's no games this year. So, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, along with a lot of people in this country, uh, it's going to be some hard times for people who work for those teams because they don't make a lot, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question about baseball, Chris. And you, you've watched 
been around a ton of college baseball. You've, you've been around a ton of, uh, we'll call it, for now we'll focus on uh, minor league baseball, but professional baseball in general. What do you think are some of the differences, if any, in college baseball versus uh, uh, professional baseball at the minor league level? Do you, do you feel that it's a different game? Do you, do you, you know, anything, any, any comments on that? One thing I like about college baseball, the last 10 years versus the first 10 years I did is the players are a little looser, a little more enthusiastic. Uh, there's still some of the high school in them, not in the way they play, but the teams have a lot of rituals. They still have a lot of fun. And that really disappears even at the lowest level of professional baseball. So mm-hmm. it's a big difference when you see the Quakes play, even at that level, the first step above college, boy, when these guys hit home runs, you realize, oh, these are grown men playing now. At the same time, there just isn't that camaraderie, that enthusiasm. The players doing their rally caps or after a game. We've seen some teams at Cal State Fulton in the last couple of years. It's, it's sort of like that high school enthusiasm. They still love playing the game, and they still love playing for their team. And uh, that's the biggest difference I see anymore. I mean, the level of play is uh, great at all levels now, better than it's ever been. But, uh, you know, with the money being what it is, boy, as soon as they hit the professional level, that, that – Innocent enthusiasm has gone, but boy, what a difference in the way these guys can hit and pitch. And I mean, you know that from your personal experience. The first time I saw a few minor league games after doing college, boy, what a difference. Uh, They're just so much bigger and stronger and faster. So you notice that at the level, but you do miss that innocent enthusiasm of, of college baseball. And I'm sure that, you know, you experienced that firsthand with high school football and low level of college football, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it, every level. There's a change. There's a significant change, and it could and it, and it screams out at you. And, and if you're watching closely, I mean, you can really tell all the all the differences. I mean, it's funny to me when people say, "Oh, college baseball, yeah, it's just like that minor league stuff." I'm like, well, well, <laughs> maybe the ticket prices, <laughs> but but it's not it's not the same. I mean, like you 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 hit on all those parts. Just the, the grown men, guys have been playing a while. And at that point, guys are, are trying to advance themselves. You know, it's it's their job at that point. It's no longer just playing the game to, you know, to, to be a part of a team all the time and have this schooling there for you. I mean, you're trying to advance. So it's a fine line that I think professional players have to find in themselves. And and it's just I'm just curious from a, from a PA standpoint what it was like um, uh, just working with college guys and, and, or seeing all of it, you know what I mean? So, um, Chris with no baseball and no sports going on, what, what, what are you kind of up? I knew you're a baseball junkie, man. You look forward to every April and February for that matter with college baseball. What have you been up to with, uh, no baseball on? Well, I'm still working. I work for Kaiser and, uh, even mm-hmm. though my department is almost shut down, they have us working in other departments helping out. So I'm still working right now, which is nice. So during the day I'm uh, doing my normal thing, but at night, like a lot of people, after a few days of watching movies, I've seen 10 times and, uh, watching old baseball games, I've kind of tried to start reading a lot more. And, uh, actually what I've got into now, believe it or not, is I started reading all the original James Bond novels by Ian Fleming and, these days, if you have an audio uh, book subscription, uh, boy, you can get books for like 99 cents <laughs> or not audio books, excuse me. I mean, digital books, audio books are more expensive, believe it or not. But for like 99 wow. cents, you can get a lot of books, digital books and just start reading. So I'm spending a lot more time reading. Um, you know, I'm from a generation where I don't have to necessarily be online uh, searching for stuff. Of course, I watch podcasts. I enjoy yours. 
and uh, you know trying to play a little bit online but most of the time I still like to keep my mind sharp by reading uh, but fortunately I'm still able to go to work too so I don't have to worry about keeping eight hours a day um, entertained. Gotcha. Well, well, one of the, you mentioned it already. One of the biggest thrills I had was uh, being in the California league in 2012 and you had recently been hired by the quakes and it was fun. You know, I, I told you, Hey, my, my partner's name is listed as Chris Gonzalez, but he likes Christopher Gonzalez. So you announced that you always put a little something special on it when you, you announced us. And then, yeah, I had that play at the plate, whatever night it was. And uh, you know, punch the guy out and then I hear Chris's voice over <laughs> over the uh, speakers you know at the dish I was like oh man that was that was fun <laughs> and it was kind of like it's a lot of fun because after that some of your friends would know about that so when I would make that call during a game I'd get looks from the umpire a little sly smile behind the mask there so you know they they appreciate the game too and uh you know, everybody, including the umpires, including the guys that rake the field, they're there because they love it. So they're not there just doing a job and going home. It's those little moments that make their day go by, too, and make them enjoy the games as well. Amen to that, Chris. Everyone, we're all in this together, and, and baseball people are, are baseball people together. You know, it takes a village and, and and all those good sayings. So, well, Chris, we'll wrap it up. Uh, is there anything else you have? Any questions for me? Any any comments? Want Anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, I certainly hope we have some baseball to talk about this year, one way or the mm-hmm. other. But, uh, no, I enjoyed uh, chit-chatting with you, and I'm glad I've had enough memories over the times to be able to make it somewhat interesting. So sometimes oh. you don't think about these things until somebody asks you to, like in this situation. <laughs> it's nice to go, oh, yeah, I've had, I've had a few fun times. I've had a few great memories. So it's nice to sit back and think about them, and I think we all need to do that in these times and remember those things that uh, make our lives uh, enjoyable. Absolutely. I mean, you're the eye in the sky and, and you got, uh, you know, front row seat to a lot of action. So it's been great talking to someone who's been in your line of work and, and provided a lot of great sounds for a lot of people and just a just special part of, uh, of, of whatever sports you're doing. So thank you uh, very much for, for being with us, Chris, and for sharing some great uh, stories and uh, moments in history that you've gone through. I appreciate it, Matt. Good talking to you and you stay safe. Okay, another big thank you to Dr. Chris Albaugh and his interview. It was a lot of fun to catch up with him and share some stories on the various sports he does. I've always enjoyed talking baseball with him as a baseball junkie that he is. He he is a very good perspective on things and a true professional in the public address announcer business. Thanks again, Chris. We look forward to having you again very soon. Tomorrow's Wednesday, guys, and that can only mean one thing. Bill Barnes makes his weekly appearance. Strong opinions, random thought, love him or hate him. He's here every Wednesday on the Get Home Safe podcast, and we would not have it any other way. Be sure to look for his uh, photo on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter accounts. It'll be a, a rather more of a wacky one than than as usual so (laughs) bill barnes bringing it every week here on the podcast should be a fun conversation with him tomorrow morning that'll wrap up another episode today thanks so much for listening we are almost to the month of may i can't believe it i've just been counting down the days hopefully that when we we turn the page on the calendar that things will be a little different i don't know if they will but a little different is a step in the right direction 
it's better than uh, than no change. And I, I'm sure a lot of people are getting a little antsy, just sitting around and really wanting something uh, something different. So hopefully, we get there very very soon. Appreciate the listenership, guys. We're climbing very closely to that thousand listener mark, thousand total plays mark, I should say. Uh, we should hit that in the next day or so, and just really proud of that, and, and it's all a tribute to you guys. So thanks again for listening. Guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>